What's up, fellas? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast, where we love and lead ourselves, our families, and our communities from the front, unconditionally, from a place of opportunity, not obligation, and all at the same time, still pursue our own personal and professional goals as well. That's what we do here at Dad the Man. That's who we are. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And whether this is your first time tuning in, or maybe you've listened to every single episode along the way. I just want to thank you for being here. You could be doing literally anything else, but you've chosen to tune in here. And my goal is to steward your time and attention the best I can, give you the best return on that as possible. So I hope you enjoy what we have here in store. Thank you for being here. So today's guest is none other than the Neil Patel. Neil is widely known and respected by his peers as one of, if not the, most proficient digital marketer in the world. A few years back, he was recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 30 by President Obama, also one of the top 100 entrepreneurs by the age of 35 by the United Nations, and he's also been awarded congressional recognition from the United States House of Representatives. He created multi-million dollar companies like Crazy Egg and Kissmetrics, among others, and now spends most of his professional time building Ubersuggest and his agency, NP Digital, which Entrepreneur Magazine dubbed as one of the 100 most brilliant companies in the entire world. Not bad. Just for context, a few of his recent clients include Amazon, NBC, General Motors, HP, Viacom, and many more. Neil is a calm, rational, no-nonsense dude with an undeniable brilliance and work ethic. But above it all, he is an incredible man, husband, and father, and it was an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Neil Patel. All right, fellas. So today's guest is arguably the best in the world at what he does as a digital marketer. He's, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's a lifelong and ultra-successful entrepreneur. He's got content everywhere. You've definitely seen it without a doubt. And today he is our guest here on the show. I'm so excited to welcome the one and only Neil Patel to the Dad the Man podcast. Welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Super pumped to get the chance to have you on here. So let's wait in. I want to give everybody a chance to get to know you a little bit. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Maybe where where you grew up, siblings, yeah. relationship with your parents. Give us the whole nine yards there. Great relationship with my parents. Uh, good relationships with my sibling. I have one sibling, older sister, four years older. Grew up in Orange County, California. Uh, nice, beautiful, sunny. And, um, you know, we grew up in traditional apartment complex. Eventually, my parents saved up enough to buy a home. Uh, and, yeah, you know, it started my entrepreneurial journey when I was 16, 15 and a half, 16, somewhere around there. Very cool. All right. Tell us, tell us about your parents. Tell us a little bit more about them. I saw a piece of content you shared not too long ago talking about your mom in particular, and it sounds like she hustled from the beginning. She hustled like, hard. I, tell us a little my, bit about her. My was, yeah, my mom was a breadwinner. Um, she came to this country uh, with a teaching degree, but it wasn't really valid here. Mm -hmm. So she tried teaching preschool. They said no. She said, I'll teach for free for six months, wow. uh, but you got to let me take my daughter and son with the, me, you know, to school because she couldn't afford the daycare. My dad was working at the same time as well. And she taught for free for six months. And eventually they paid her to continue uh, sticking around at that school. That's amazing. How has that 
that's not, that's something that has to have stuck with you like throughout your career as, as you got older started getting into you know beginning your entrepreneurial journey how how big of an impact did that make on you and your journey a lot you know my, my parents both my mom and dad they hustled they had to figure things out life was tough and you know it's funny they did all that so life wouldn't be as hard for us and it wasn't you know i wish i could say i struggled i didn't struggle my parents struggled and even as my mom and dad like to tell me they didn't struggle compared to so many other people like back my dad was born in Africa. My mom was born in India. And they were just like so many more people are struggle much harder than us. And they don't even have food or clean water or things like that. Right. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, my sister and I had it really easy. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. That's I, I love that perspective. And and that's true. There There's always somewhere you can look to find somebody with, with a bigger struggle. And that's I think that's a strong orientation to, to walk through life with. Um, so I want I want to hear about. So you get up to, you said age 16 ish is when you started your entrepreneurial journey. What was your parents reception to that? I know some parents are like excited when their parents or, or when their kids go to do something different, I guess, against the mold. Some, some want them, their kids to kind of stick to the traditional education path. What did you, how did your parents feel about it? My parents were supportive. They never were like, oh my God, good for you. They weren't like a cheerleading squad. You know, that was just like sitting there and just being like, rah, rah, go, go, Neil. Um, but at the same time, they weren't like, no, don't do this. You're making a mistake. They weren't negative either. My parents were more so figure out what you want to do and go and do it. And they supported me throughout the whole journey. You know, when I started my first business at 16, it was a job board, failed miserably. Um, and I created a job board because I couldn't find a job, funny enough, uh, although that didn't work. And then I started creating a consulting company that helped people drive traffic to their websites because I was good at that. I figured that out from my own website. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as the business started growing and need more money, my parents gave me money. You know, that's we like I said, we weren't really struggling. By the time I was going to college, my parents probably saved up like a half a million dollars. Wow. So it's like they never made the most amount of money, but they never spent the money. Yeah. That was the key to their success. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, it sounds like your parents are incredible people, amazing people. I'm going to put you on the spot and flip this a little bit because we fret that we know they're amazing people. Is there anything, and there has to be something, is there anything that maybe from your childhood that a way that they raised you that you're trying to do maybe a little bit differently, maybe not total opposite, but something you're trying to build on and maybe take a slight pivot with, with your own children. The big thing that my parents didn't do that I'm doing with my children is having experienced the world at a much younger age mm. because there's so many different cultures. The U.S. is not the center of the universe um, or the center of the world. You know, majority of the population lives outside of the United States mm -hmm. to do well. I believe, you know, children have to understand how, the global economy and how to you know, adapt and do business uh, or work anywhere in this world and work with different cultures, languages and help different companies out. Um, and I just don't think you can do that just only traveling in the United States and not experiencing other cultures. But that's a big thing my parents didn't do. But keep in mind, we also didn't have the money to do a lot of that kind of stuff when we were younger. So where's your favorite place to take your kids? Do you guys go somewhere different every time you travel or do you have go-to spots around the world? Uh, nothing specific. Like there's not one go-to spot, so we'll change it up. It's anywhere that's new. So like 
we'll do some air sometimes where it's like their nature, like we're at this place called Gaza, where they just get to be one with nature and relax and see that everything is a city. But also at the same time, I've taken them to places like New York City, right? We mm -hmm. haven't done too much international traveling. Uh, Want to do that? I think it's just a pain to take children on a airplane ride that's that long uh, uh, yeah. keep in mind, my kids are three and one okay so yeah. they're a little young but once they turn five we plan on doing a lot of international trips nice nice very cool yeah i can i can i totally get that not one to fly too far with the kids we uh last year i've got family in new york and we drove from tennessee to new york with my four four and two year old at the time and Long drive, man. It's a long time in a car with the kids. There's only so many snacks you can eat when you burn through them all in the first hour. It turns, turns into a long road trip. Um, yep. But yeah, it's there's there's something different about kids getting to see different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Hope to get to do that with my kids as well, get them out of the country. We haven't done that yet ourselves. Um, Neil, I want to get your thoughts on, on this. And this is around the whole idea of, you know, work-life balance, which is kind of a terrible overused phrase. And I don't really like the wording so much, but as successful as you have been in your businesses, you obviously have a certain level of professional ambition, but you're up, you're also showing up as an amazing husband and father. And those at some times can be competing priorities. So what's yeah. your approach to balancing is probably the wrong word, but for lack of a better way yeah, of putting it, bad. how do you approach work-life balance? Sure. So I spend majority of my time working by far. My wife accepts that and loves me for who I am. And even before <laughs> we got married and had kids, she knew I was addicted and married to my work as well. And yeah. she knew that my work was my first love and that would never change. Um, if something's wrong with my kids, I would always prioritize my kids or my wife over work. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's say if it is my well, let's say my daughter's in a play. Of course, mm -hmm. I'm going to drop everything and go to the play. Yeah. But on the flip side, if it's a parent-teacher conference and my wife can do it, she can do it. I don't need to show up for every single thing. But yeah. the thing that I do is when I'm spending time with my kids, which is on a daily basis, I make every minute count. See, what I learned over the years is you don't have to spend hours and hours with your kids each day. Most people say they spend hours, but they're really not engaged. They're not there. They're not playing with them, not asking how their day is, not fully, you know, paying attention. Mm -hmm. When I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. I don't pick up my phone. I don't check emails. 100% of my attention is to my children. So for me, the key is, yes, I don't spend as much time as most people, but when I spend time and make every single minute count. I hope everybody listening heard that because that's, I mean, that is so true. I've, I've caught myself falling into that where I'm like, okay, well, I just, I was with the kids for the whole Saturday, but maybe I was like up here, up top, I'm worried about something going on at work or I'm distracted by a sporting event going on or I'm lo in, looking or at my just phone. TV with their kids, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but like, I'll take my kids to a jump place and I'll actually go and jump or my yeah. one-year-old will crawl all around <laughs> and I'll crawl with them. Like when I say like I'm with them, I really am with them during those times. Yeah, dude, I, I love that. I love that. I, I've, I've in my head, I frame this as like, if I'm spending time with my kids, I want to get rid of everything else that's going to water down that time. So like, I don't want to dilute it at all. Like I don't want my phone in my pocket. I don't want the TV on. Our TV's on in our house from time to time. We're not perfect. But if I'm going to try, if I am going to take that time, spend time with my kids in, in the same, in the same thought, like, 
to me, it's about the moments that you can get. Like if you're distracted, TV's on, whatever. Like you, like I said, you can have a whole Saturday and have no moments that you really remember or that your child's going to really remember. But it's like, if, like to your point, if you're there, you could get 10 yeah. moments in an hour. That's right. And I'll give you a great example of this. So we went to this place called Gazer in Idaho. And when we were in Gazer, they threw a carnival at nighttime. Mm -hmm. So uh, around like six, seven o'clock, went with my three-year-old to the carnival. One-year-old was sleeping by then. Went to the carnival and uh, her mother was sick. So mom was sick. So it was just me, the kid. And grandma was with us and uncle was with us. All right. So went on the Ferris wheel with her. She loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, went on this little bicycle merry-go-round thing. They didn't let me sit on there because I'm an adult, but she wanted me to. <laughs> so I tried. But I ran around in circles as the little car on there was running around. So that way she knew I was with her. Yep. There was this probably three or four story slide that just goes down and you jump in a potato sack or something like that. She was young. She wanted to do it, but she was afraid. I took her. I jumped in the potato sack, put her in the same <laughs> one as me. So she was just in the front. I was in the back. We probably shouldn't have done that. We got a little bit too much air time. Um <laughs> But like no other parent was on there. They were looking at me like I was crazy. I didn't give a crap. You know, my yeah. kid wanted to do it. You know what? They said I can go and do it with her, put her in the same potato sack. I'm going to do whatever it takes so she can have an amazing moment. I don't care if anyone looks at me, laughs at me, doesn't bother me. You yeah. know, like worked on winning carnival prizes. My daughter uh, didn't shoot the gun in the little thing all the way. We worked on... You know, me, her uncle, grandma, we all tried. We got enough coupons. Eventually, one of the prizes she wanted <laughs> and uh, the ones we couldn't win. And she really would try it. And she didn't say, Daddy, I need it or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, my daughter's a little bit opposite. She was, just, you know, if I tell her if she wants toys, she's like, Daddy, we already have enough toys. Let's give it to other kids. Wow. So it's like makes me want to do more for her. Right. Yeah. But like I bought her the prizes that we couldn't win that I knew she wanted that she didn't ask for. Yeah. Right. So it's just like. I will go above and beyond when I do spend my time with my children. That's yeah. the key. Uh, yes. I, amen. And, and to me, it's like, there's something cool in there too. Like you modeling that behavior for her, especially like the, let's go take a risk and do the slide. Like she was a little bit scared to do it, but she saw, Hey, dad's going to do this. Like I can be a little bit scared and still like, I can do scary things. I can do things that are going to challenge me. It's okay. And all that's just like baked in by accident because you're there present in the moment, digging in, having fun with your kid. And I'll tell you what, it's a badge of honor to be the dad who's always the only guy in the bouncy house on the slide, on the ride, whatever it is. Dude, I, I try to be that dad too. And it's that's a badge of honor that I, I've grown to try to wear as proudly as I possibly can. Yeah, I don't really care if other parents look at me and think <laughs> I'm crazy or foolish. As long as my kids are having a blast, that's all that they're going to remember. Yeah. I'm not going to remember what other people are thinking or how they're looking at us funny. If, mm -hmm. if they know that I have no issues and if I'm enjoying it, they're paying attention to me and they're like, oh, dad's enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Gosh, that's that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your kids. You said three and one. One is still like big. I re I'm remembering back. Mine are five and three now. So that's like baby stage. Three yeah. is when you've got like a little monster on your hands. Like you, you've got like personalities coming out they're figuring the world out they're starting to communicate a little bit better that's what i remember about ours and 
Um, so tell me a little bit about, is it your son or your, da- your daughter's the three-year-old, right? Daughter's three-year-old and son is one and he's pretty much a baby. It, yeah. It's not it's not easy to spend like the quality time with him other than playing like baby shark and dancing to it or playing balls. He loved balls like basketball. We have like a little baby basketball hoop, um, things like that or cars, but the daughter's easier to spend more quality time with just because she's older. The baby just wants mom. Like he literally (laughs) says mom, probably like 50 to a hundred times a day. Not joking. He won't say dad even once a day, although he knows who I am. And he'll point to me if I say, where's dad? But he wants mom. The daughter for sure has a personality. You got to learn to negotiate. She'll negotiate back <laughs> with you. And, uh, you know, it's it's harder when they get older. Not as much physically, but mentally it's it gets harder. Yeah. How do you approach, you, you use the word negotiating. And I'm now thinking of my five-year-old who's a master negotiator himself. One of the things we hear in like the parenting circles is, you know, don't negotiate with your kids as if it's supposed to be like a top down. Hey, dad says this. This is the way that it is. How do you navigate that with also trying to, I think, foster that skill set in a child to question, hey, why? Like, I like don't just yell back at your kids when they say why and like allowing them to develop the skill of negotiation and these types of things, but also it's frustrating as hell when they try to negotiate with you. So how do you walk that line with, with your daughter? Yeah. So I'm not a big believer of just taking whatever some book says, and they're probably right. And they're probably going to be right. 99% of the time. I believe I'm going to raise my kids my way. Um, And a great example of this is I like my daughter understanding how to negotiate because in life, everything is not black and white. Just because someone says something is one way doesn't mean it has to be. And they can try to think outside the box or get their way. Do you have to teach them at the same time ethics and laws and stuff like that? A little young for that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't mind being unconventional. You know, it's just like sometimes I'll be on the phone. My daughter just wants to yell and throw a tantrum. I'm like, you know what? You go yell and you go throw your tantrum. And she'd be like, no, no, I want to talk to you. And say, I'm like, no, you're yelling. I'm like, you come back to me when you're ready. Now, if there's something that she needs to do, I won't negotiate. Like mm-hmm. if she needs to go to sleep, for example, or eat, you know, but um, I'm big on just letting them be them and learning. Like, why can't they have the skill sets um, like negotiation or creativity and not just say, be one of those kids that's like, oh, I got to memorize what my alphabets are and learn to count and, you know, do all the other stuff that I'm not going to use when I grow up older. <laughs> right. When you're old enough to have a phone in your pocket that can do all the math for you. Um, yeah, it's I, that's something I've been working through and I've not been wildly consistent because I'm trying to find that sweet spot with my five-year-old of, man, I want you to negotiate with me, but you also have to be, there's got to be an inherent respect in it. Correct. And that's where I'm trying to delineate with him. That's tough with a five-year-old because it's, you know, he's five. But at the but, same time, I'm, I'm trying to just, it takes so much patience as a parent in those moments. And I found like, to your point before, it, like being being present with your kids, like when you're with them, be hyper-present, I think is what it requires to even pick up on the fact that how you respond in those moments is going to basically shape the way that like, are they going to, be comfortable negotiating when they're older? Are they not going to be? Or are they just going to do what they're told? Like it's it's important, but it's in those little Monday moments in the day when your daughter or your son's having a little temper tantrum. So I love that you brought that yeah. up. That's phenomenal. 
no, t- totally. We're on the same page, right? And it's just yeah. like finding that balance and over time, figure it out. My wife is more stern. I'm more flexible. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, so tell us this. If I were to ask you, I'll just put you on the spot. Say, what's the best parenting advice you could possibly give somebody? Say you've got a, a buddy who's having his first child and he says, hey, what you got for me? I need some wisdom. What, what do you tell him? You don't need wisdom. The kid will come out. You'll love him to death and you'll figure it out as it goes. Um, <laughs> our parents said there weren't all these books and stuff like that. And of yep. course, it's, uh, I'm just a big believer on you'll end up figuring things out and you'll figure out what's right for you and your family. I don't yeah. think there's a one way to do things. I think there's multiple ways to do things. Yeah, I, I agree. It's funny you say that. I, when I we were pregnant with our first son, I had a buddy that you know, he had, he had already had a kid and I was, I wasn't freaking out, but you know, I was like, I kind of went to him. I was like, man, I need some wisdom. Hit me with something. And he was like, don't read the baby books. He said, all it's going to do is freak you out. He said, just rely on your instincts, buddy. You got this. And that's, that's kind of what I stuck to. And here, here we are. I don't know if I'm a good dad or not, but I'm trying at least. Um, that's all that matters. You know, there's yeah. always going to be a better dad. There's always going to be someone who's doing something that you can't do, but you know what? All that matters is you're there for your child and you're doing the best you can because your kid doesn't have other parents compared to, especially when they're young. So as long as you do the best you can, they'll love you and they'll be happy with you. Yeah. Amen. I love it. Um, all right. So I want to be respectful of your time today. So I'm going to move to last little segment, ask everybody a couple questions here on the show. So I'll ask you this outside of your family. Um, the, the one caveat to this question, Neil, what are you the most proud of um, in your life so far? Outside of my family, outside of your family, probably be the business and getting it to where it is today. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. And last question for you has to do with the word legacy. A lot of different interpretations of this word, right? A lot of different things come to mind for different people. When I think of the word legacy, I think of like the moments, the memories, the lessons that my kids are going to remember about me. God willing, I get to leave them behind on earth. Right. Um, so it's, it's the little things like that. So through that lens, if I frame it that way, I turn it to you and I say, Neil, what do you want your legacy to be with your two kiddos? How would you answer that question? I want my kids. Yes. To be happy that I was a father, understand why I wasn't there all the time, which I think they do. Cause they know when I had to work. Um, but the big thing I want legacy wise to, for them to know is, Hey, there's other people in this world struggling and dad is using the money to help out other people who are more in need with us. And I hope they do the same thing on their end. Don't really care for the legacy for them to respect me for it, but more so I care for them to understand that there's other people struggling more than they are or we are. So that way they try to help others as well. I love it. That's uh, that's empathy at its finest. And that uh, that's around where we started this conversation. And that's where we're going to land it, too. So, Neil, I want to thank you so much for making the time for us today. Like I said, I know you're a busy, busy dude. I almost feel guilty stealing your time away from your business, your family. You got a lot going on. But thank you so much for making some time for us. Where is the best place for people to find you, follow you? Where do you want to send people? My ad agency, npdigital.com. Awesome. We will link it up and all the social handles and all like uh, all that stuff in the in the show notes. Neil, thank you so much for making the time, brother. Really appreciate it. Let's stay in touch. Take care, everyone. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show. 
or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.